Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. There's a void. There is a darkness and people have started to fill it with the wrong thing. And they have created false worlds, created around words like a protest and riot and patriot and tolerance and truth and fact and law and order and pro-life and socialism and Black Lives Matter and respect. We talk about Amen. Let's get into the word. Today's uh, message will be coming from the book of Genesis, the first chapter, the first through the fifth verse. Again, that is Genesis. I pray you do not have trouble finding Genesis in the Bible. The very first book, the very first chapter, the very first verse. Amen. I'll be reading the first through the fifth verse, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Hear ye the word of the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And when God saw the light, it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. God, we honor you, we thank you, we bless your holy name, we thank you for being God all by yourself. We thank you for the opportunity to gather once again in your name, Lord God. Lord God, I ask for a blessing upon this message and the messenger. Let everything that I do think and act and speak be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross so that people don't see me, but they see Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. For the time we get to share together today, I would like to talk a little bit about the fact that words create worlds. Words create worlds. Last week, we talked about words being important. And I preached from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says that the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. I chose that passage out of the lectionary because it was Epiphany Sunday. And I wanted to start off the new year talking about the beginning. This week, I still want to focus on the beginning. 
and I still want to focus on words and what words can do. But this time, not from the Gospel of John, rather from Genesis. This book gives us the beginning of humanity. It also gives us the beginning of a particular group of people, sometimes called the Israelites, sometimes called the Hebrews, sometimes called the people of God. The words in the book of Genesis are the start of the world. Words have power. Words unite. Words can also divide. How we communicate with one another or miscommunicate can determine a great deal in our lives. And I feel that this passage highlights the potential for some of those miscommunications. First of all, the creation story is a hotly debated issue. And sadly, it is a reason that many begin to leave the faith. And it's also a reason that some people won't join the faith. Uh, the book of Genesis is authoritative. Genesis does not set the stage or have a prologue like the Gospel of John did. Genesis does not prepare for the story. Genesis is the story. The most important parts of it are in the first few words of the first few verse, of the first verse, rather, in the beginning, God. Did you know that this passage is not the only creation story? Uh, matter of fact, there are two creation stories in Genesis alone between chapter one and chapter two, but there are also other religions that have creation stories. People may look at these other religious, uh, religion creation stories and say that the Bible copied them. However, when I research them, I find major differences in many of those stories. The difference is the words in the beginning, God. You see other stories, whether it be the Babylonian creation story or any other uh, pagan creation story or any other creation story that is there, uh, they have not one God but multiple gods, and there is a fight for control over who is going to create, or there is bartering back and forth, or there is some sort of sacrifice for the, one of them to be made that has to do this to create the world. But in our creation story, in the Bible, God speaks, and the world is formed. Words create worlds. Words can unite or divide others. Words like creationism versus evolution or faith versus science. People use their words to indicate that if you believe in one, you cannot possibly believe in the other. Well, I stopped by to tell you that that is not true. You absolutely can believe in one and the other. 
it starts with the fact that the creation story in Genesis is about the character and the nature of God, not a science book. I'll say that again. The, the creation story in the Bible is not a, is not a science book. It's not a, any of that kind of, it's not about physics. It's not about any of that. It is about the, the nature and character of God. In the beginning, when we take the Hebrew translation of it, it lets us know that that word is not a date and time, but rather first and in order. Uh, so I don't hold to seven consecutive 24-hour periods to create the world, but guess what? Neither does the Bible. Uh, I say all the time that many issues are not either or, but both and, and this is one of them. Uh, the reason I don't believe it, it, it holds to it is because when I open up my Bible to 2 Peter chapter 3 and 8, it says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. That lets me know that God's time is not my time. God's thoughts are not my thoughts. God's plans are not always my plans. So I don't argue back and forth about creationism versus evolution because those things are not the place to argue about. We don't have a grasp of time the way God does, and we shouldn't try to force that on other people. And I feel that those kinds of divisions hurt both the faith community and the scientific community because that kind of division prevents those with any kind of scientific acumen uh, from being involved in the church. Some of my favorite pastors had secular jobs as engineers or science before they got into it. Uh, if we were doing that, that meant that my background in technology would not allow me to come into the faith. And so it prevents those with any kind of scientific skill or acumen from joining the faith community. And it also prevents those who give and make way for mystery forever being involved in science. I've read that the story of Isaac Newton, when he was writing a lot of his uh, physics work, he was writing it from the, a believer's standpoint. So we cannot allow our words to divide. God's time is not our time, but people sometimes have used words to create a world that God didn't intend. And faith versus science is one of those divisions that I can think of. How do these divisions happen? We go back to the text. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Uh, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. There was an open space. There was a void. There was darkness in all of creation, and God filled it. There can be space, there can be voids, there can be darknesses within ourselves. And we use other things to fill it. 
we fill it with the wrong language or we fill it with the lack thereof. I've watched it get filled with silence most recently with the so-called evangelical Christians who claim to be for God and country, but when people storm the Capitol because their candidate lost an election, they are not called rioters or terrorists. Matter of fact, the rioters get the gate opened for them. They get help up and down the stairs. They take selfies with the Capitol Police. They take pictures in the office of the Speaker of the House with their feet up on the desk, and they get to walk in and out with no harm done to them. There's a void. There is a darkness, and people have started to fill it with the wrong thing, and they have created false worlds created around words like a protest and riot and patriot and tolerance and truth and fact and law and order and pro-life and socialism and Black Lives Matter and respect. We talk about being a patriot, but when we wave the flag of the very group of people that opposed the country, we talk about being pro-life, but when we see young folk separated from their parents and locked up in cages, we don't care about that. We talk about being pro-life, but then when we, somebody asks somebody to wear a mask so you don't spread a disease that they haven't gotten a hold of a cure for yet, and you think your rights matter more than somebody else's health, how are those words dividing us? Kaepernick was disrespectful to the country and the armed forces because he had the nerve to kneel during the national anthem at a professional football game where they didn't have to actually be out there for the national anthem until the NFL started charging the military to do these displays. They started planning that, they started requiring rather the, the athletes to be out during the national anthem in like 2009. But this man kneels to draw attention to police brutality, and he's unpatriotic. But climbing the walls of the Capitol in DC is not. Not to mention that they found explosive devices, according to published reports, at the Democratic National Convention Office and the Republican National Convention Office. What kind of words are we form what kind of worlds rather are we forming with our words? During the Civil War, the Confederate Army the closest they got to D.C. was in South Carolina at Fort Sumter. But, to, but somebody was able to walk a Confederate flag into the Capitol. And these are the patriots. What kind of world have we created with our words? People have voids in their lives, and they are filling them with ideologies. They're filling them with politicians. They're filling them with material gain. They're filling them with any and everything but God. 
we have to acknowledge that there is a darkness. We have to acknowledge that there is a void. But we also have to know that God can create something out of nothing. God is able to make a way out of no way. There was a darkness and a void in Genesis, and he spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light. We have to be able to speak into our own darkness and into our own void to form our own worlds as well. Genesis 1 and 26 tells us that God said, let us make man in our image. We as human beings are the image of God. And while God speaks and worlds are formed, we know that we can also speak and form our own world. Speak truth to power. Create some light in the darkness. Know that we are not alone and we are active and be active rather in our own deliverance. Uh, there was a novel called City of Peace, and there was a Methodist pastor by the name of Harley Camden that spoke about the power of words. I am convinced, he said, that words create reality. Uh, he said it's a very biblical idea uh, to think of God creating the world in Genesis, saying, let there be light and there is light. Jesus is described in the New Testament as the word. And when Martin Luther King said, I have a dream, people begin to see a vision of a new world of equality. Words can create reality. Whether we say I love you or I hate you makes a huge difference. There was a study done by some Stanford researchers on police body cam footage. And in this study of the body camera footage, the researchers found that police officers speak less respectably uh, to uh, black citizens than white citizens. White citizens were more likely than black residents uh, to hear a police officer say thank you or offer an apology. Black citizens were more likely than white citizens to be called bro or dude or to have the officer uh, issue commands like hands on your hands on the wheel. And to be clear, these were not these situations where somebody was being volatile or, or anything. These were like regular stops. And in these regular stops, they um, were less respectful there was no swearing, there was uh, no, no, no uh, offenses against them, but the small differences in the community added up to racial disparity. And this research suggests that the subtle differences in language may be eroding relationships between the police and the communities that they serve. Just the language that they use over and over again was enough to wear somebody down. And if the language over and over again is enough to wear somebody down, some language over and over again should be enough to raise somebody up. You should get some I am the righteousness of God in you. There you should get some I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's not I who lives, but the Christ who lives in me. You should get some no weapon formed against against me shall prosper. You should get some language into you that can build you up. Our words should reflect God's love for all. 
God created us in his image. And so every human being is created in the image and the likeness of God, whether they are black, white, brown, or any other color. And until we treat one another equally as valuable creations of God, whether it's at a traffic stop or other human encounters, we are not being faithful to the word of God. Pastor, you in Genesis talking about being faithful. Well, Jesus said it too when he said, when they asked him what were the greatest commandments, to love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, and a second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. Use the proper words to create something that fills the void. And be faithful to the word of God. Don't be silent when people are blatantly contradicting it. In the beginning, God, again, is the most important part of the passage because we all we have, all of creation, everything depends on God, the unmoved mover, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. It all depends on God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness moved upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Water is important. Water is all over the Bible. When Jesus performed his first miracle, he said to bring him some water. Moses brought the people over the River Jordan. Moses brought the people through the Red Sea. Water is important. Even in our day-to-day lives, you can go quite a long time without food. You can't go long without water. And water was important when Jesus was being baptized. In Genesis 1, uh, uh, God is moving over the face of the water. But we go all the way to the gospel and we see that God moves over the water again. God spoke in the first of Genesis saying, let there be light. And there was light. And the last time he spoke in the Bible was again in the gospel when Jesus got baptized. So he moved over some water then. And said in Matthew 3 and 17, suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said some things. And because those words have been said, we can create other worlds with some other words. We can create worlds around the word sacrifice. We can create worlds around the world, word salvation rather. And we can create a world around the word grace. Because we can't do anything to deserve the salvation. God created this world for us because he loved us. God gives us access to him because he loves us and his grace. And since words create worlds, we need to be using language that communicates the, the love of God, the equality of God, the grace of God, as well as words that express truth and the love and the mercy of Christ Jesus. On the first day, God brought order out of chaos and light out of darkness. And we can do the same with the words that we speak today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, 
comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.